Hey friends, in today's episode, we take another deep dive into what we need to be feeding our kids to help them eliminate eczema and thrive. By eating a diet of foods mentioned in this episode, we can bring down the inflammation present in our little kiddos' bodies and help relieve their itchy red symptoms. In this episode, we can finally get the answer to the question, what should I feed my eczema kids? Grab a pen and paper and let's get pumped for today's show. Hey mama, if you have kids struggling with eczema and you want to get them a life without itchy red skin, then this is the show for you, Eczema Kids. Here we go deep into diet guidelines, doable at-home remedies, and transformative healthy kids tools that will empower you to take your child's health into your own hands and win. If you are ready to say yes to eczema-free kids, sleeping through the night, and drug-free interventions, hi, my name is Andrew McHugh and I'm the coach and mentor for you. I created this podcast to equip you with the strategies you need to heal your kid's skin condition and soothe their sweet little faces. Let's eliminate eczema and reclaim our lives. Grab your egg-free snack, take a deep breath, and let's dig in to today's episode. Last week, we went through the foods and the categories of foods that we, we really need to be mindful of and eliminate from our eczema kids diets to bring down their inflammation and start to repair their gut dysbiosis and eliminate all the excess heat that's within, you know, in their little systems. And this week we get to focus on the nutritious and delicious foods that we do get to include in our children's diets. So yay! I found that a properly prepared whole foods diet really worked for us. It's definitely easier said than done. It's no small feat to make essentially everything, but you can do it because if I can do it, I can guarantee you can do it and it's worth it because it really is the only way to thrive if you have a condition like eczema and even if you don't, it'll bring down the inflammation in your whole family's bodies, unless you're into making multiple meals, but I'm definitely not. So everyone kind of had to subscribe to the same, same diet and, and we still do now. So here's what I found in no particular order. You might want to get out a pen and paper for this. These are the foods that we include in our, in our eczema healing diet. So first, the highest quality meats that we possibly can. I don't exclude any meats or seafoods because I want to make sure they're getting the protein and the omega-3 fats uh, from the seafood that they need. So the main advantage of cooking from home is you can ensure that you are getting the high quality ingredients and meat, especially when you eat out. It's just not the same grade that you would buy in the store. I use ButcherBox for our meat and seafood, which I've been really happy with. I can't say that this has been a huge money saver for us, but our local grocery stores just don't reliably have those grass-fed and pastured options. So here in Denver, our farmer's markets are only open in the summer and fall months. Even then, those meats are usually a little outside of our price range. So again, I think ButcherBox is totally the way to go. Not sponsored by them, but if listening to this, hey ButcherBox, <laughs> just kidding. Look into the food co-ops in your area too. Again, there's probably not a money saver, but you can get some really high quality meats there too. And in this post 
mid-COVID time. Some of them even deliver, which is amazing. Secondly, you know, vegetables, obviously. (laughs) Vegetables are encouraged. Please remember to take out the nightshades, red peppers, tomatoes, eggplants, other peppers, because of the natural plant chemicals within those foods. And they're just not what our little eczema babies need to be eating right now. But otherwise, try to incorporate as many vegetables as you possibly can into your little one's diet. Help cleanse their system and get all the vitamins and minerals that they need. Another easier said than done. I mean, this is definitely still to this day one of our biggest challenges. I found the earlier you start with this kind of stuff, the better or easier the transition is. Like my youngest who had the hardest time with eczema, you know, she loves Brussels sprouts. But my oldest, who never really had eczema and we didn't start eating this clean until she was four, she still really struggles with getting in anything green. She's one of my greatest teachers and I'll always report back to you when I find things that do work for us. So do make sure to cook all of your vegetables with healthy fats because raw vegetables are really difficult to digest. Of course, go organic whenever possible. And then lastly, you need to make sure the vegetables that you're eating are in season. And this is important so you don't get further out of balance. You do have to abide by nature's rhythms and what's happening outside. Number three, uh, fruit for sure. I'm pretty sure my kids could just live on fruit. I could probably just live on fruit. Uh, I do my best (laughs) to make sure that they don't overdo it, but the struggle's real. I would much rather them eat fruit than a lot of other things. I do make sure to buy only fruit that's in season, and I do my best to make sure that it's organic. But fruits have the vitamins and the minerals that your your little one needs, and they have a high water content, so that helps flush their, their systems as well. Do remember to steer clear of dried fruits because those have a lot of food chemicals in them, and they're, they're overall drying to your body. And lastly, they also, they really spike your blood sugar when you eat them. Oh my goodness, I used to be so addicted to the dried mango, like the huge bags that you could buy from Costco. Uh, it still sounds delicious. I guess I'm not over the addiction, but I had to because I was nursing my little eczema baby and I could tell that that really was affecting her. So when I took those out of my diet, she really did have a noticeable improvement. I mean, it was slight because there are so many things. Again, yes to fresh fruit, no to dried fruit. So number four, beans. Properly prepared beans offer a ton of fiber and loads of essential nutrients. But as with everything, you need to keep in mind the seasonal guidelines around beans. Like, so now it's winter in Colorado. So... I only do one or two bean dishes a week to balance the dryness, you know, of what's happening outside. So it is important that you prepare your beans properly by soaking them. And if you can, sprouting them, going that extra bit of time to sprout them really, really does make a difference. And it opens up their bioavailability and you get a lot more out of what you're eating when you do that. And I'll go over my system for doing that in a future episode. Five grains, I think non-glutinous grains are fine and should be a part of your eczema healing diet because those little bodies need carbohydrates for their brains and their bodies to grow. And plus they have fiber and they help fill up tummies, which 
goodness, I feel like they're never full. <laughs> like, I just feel like I'm always feeding my kids. Grains also need to be soaked to facilitate the breakdown of phytic acid. And again, I'll go into my routine as to how I incorporate this into my life in the future. Six, seeds. I do give my kids chia seeds and sunflower seeds and flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, carob, and hemp seeds, depending on the season. And again, you got to soak these to reduce the, the, the phthalates and increase in absorption and unlock the seeds nutritive properties and your kids may have an allergy to one or more of these foods and of course in that case you need to take those out of their eczema healing diet for a while. I took nuts out of my child's active eczema diet and brought them back in as soon as I felt like their little bodies could handle it but if you're noticing a negative reaction from seeds of course you know remove them for a short while. Lastly herbs and spices I try to include non-spicy spices as often as I can into the meals that I make. And this is a lot. This is where I've really, really grown as a person because I'm pretty sure growing up our spice cabinet consisted of salt and pepper. I really didn't know the taste of coriander or paprika or things like that, but now I do. And when you incorporate things like cardamom and cumin and coriander and fennel into your into your dishes they really help your digestion and also the antioxidants that you're taking in so there's a seasonal component to these as well obviously to everything that you do but the more you start to use like these herbs and the spices in your cooking you'll get more familiar with the properties of them the overall cooling spices that i try to incorporate regularly are fennel cumin coriander, cardamom, basil, and mint. And you know, when you don't go overboard, the kids don't even know what's there. As far as sweeteners and extra goes, I try to limit them where I can, but I'm not getting away with not feeding my kids dessert every day. It's, <laughs> that's how I get my oldest to even eat vegetables, which might be damaging. I don't know, but that's like the only thing that I can think of to do. So I sweeten our stuff with maple syrup, especially right now because it's winter and it's just kind of like a heavier sweetener. And I use coconut sugar from time to time. Carob is a really good chocolate substitute. So it's not like they're off the diet completely. We just try not to eat that stuff all day, every day. So... There's a lot still available to you as an ex-mom, pretty much all real foods. You know, I tell my kids to ask themselves like, did God make this food or did a factory to help guide their choices? I can't say it's super effective when they're at birthday parties or school functions, but thankfully we're in a place now that when they do eat, you know, quote, out of bounds, we aren't too affected. And that's another big thing that we have to talk about. It's basically feeding your kids whole real foods without driving them or yourself crazy. So we'll get into that a lot more in future episodes. And again, this is a season. You will get through this. Your little one will start to get better. As time goes on and as a heal, you can become more flexible. Do remember that 
removal process is just as important as what you eat. And if you do need a refresher on what to remove as you set the stage for this beautiful whole foods diet, please refer to episode three. And I know this was a lot at once. Don't get overwhelmed, take baby steps, and implement what you can. And as time goes on, you'll be able to take on more and more. I'll be here to go over how to implement the cooking and supplying and dishes and planning and setting aside the time to get it all done, all in future episodes. And you will eventually establish a rhythm. Just know that you're not alone. We're all in this together and we all lift each other up and have to stay motivated because our little kids need us. And if you are feeling like you do need some extra help, I am here for you. Please email me at support at eczemakids.com and we can get an eczema elimination session on the books. I would love to work with you and create a seasonal eczema healing diet that works for your family using your specific preferences or allergies and the season and climate where you live. You're doing great. Hang in there, mama. Hey friend. If today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.